City Church, this is Eric with a moment of sanity at the start of your day, a moment of truth from God's word, a moment of grace. Happy 12th day of Christmas. You're finally getting used to this new sort of daily greeting, aren't you? We've made it to the 12th day of Christmas, which means that tonight is the 12th night of Christmas, which transports me back to my childhood, remembering how just about every year my parents hosted a 12th night party. Now, it wasn't always exactly on the 12th night of Christmas. It was usually on the Saturday in January closest to 12th night. Now, what you may be wondering, and fairly, I should add, is what exactly is a 12th night party? Let me tell you. My parents didn't host a lot of parties, so this one stands out. My mom would get out the big silver punch bowl and make a punch with ginger ale, cranberry juice cocktail, and rainbow sherbet. It was also the one time of the year that we got the copper fondue set out of its box in the basement. There was also shrimp cocktail and loads of Christmas cookies. Probably a store-bought honey-baked ham, too. You're starting to understand why adolescent Eric really looked forward to the 12th night party. But what made this annual soiree really interesting was the guest list. Because my parents didn't throw a lot of parties, when they did, they emptied the bag, so to speak, in terms of invitations. It was a diverse and motley collection of folks. My parents invited neighbors, they invited friends from church, and my dad invited everyone from his work colleagues, secretaries, medical fellows and residents. And since he was sort of the boss, these people had to come, usually with very little expectation of what they were getting themselves into. The centerpiece of each 12th night party was my dad, seated at the piano in our living room, pounding at the keys and singing rousing renditions of Christmas songs. Seasonal favorites like Let It Snow and Frosty the Snowman, of course but also some sacred Christmas carols like Joy to the World. And then the climax, the grand finale, the high point of every Twelfth Night Party, singing the 12 Days of Christmas song. And here's how it worked. Everyone drew numbers, 1 through 12, and you sang the part of the song corresponding to your number. So number one sang a partridge in a pear tree, number two, two turtle doves, etc., etc., Oh, and when your turn in the song came, you had to stand up in a crowded room of mostly people you didn't know. You had to hold up a construction paper design representing your verse. And you had to sing loudly, if not in tune, your part. As you can imagine, it was total bedlam. For most, it was terrifying. And my dad loved every minute of it. As I reflected recently on that scene, one part struck me as illustrative of the Christmas story we've been considering this week. They are seated at a piano singing Christmas carols on Twelfth Night. My dad was recognizing, however slightly, the lordship of Jesus in a contested arena. He was offering a faint echo of God's sovereignty, pushing back against a culture that had moved on from Christmas, both in terms of the calendar and in terms of priority. He was doing, in a way, what the wise men do in Matthew 2. The wise men, you see, were kingmakers. They were the revered advisors whose wisdom was trusted and whose favor was curried. From their very first introduction in Matthew's gospel, we see their intentions. They ask, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? 
for we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And from their gifts, we know that they came not only to worship, but to anoint, to coronate a new sovereign. And King Herod, that old codger, was on to them. Verse 3 tells us that he was troubled by the arrival of the wise men with their message of a new king. He knew a threat to his own standing when he saw it. If we are to learn the lesson of the wise men this Christmas season, we will recognize Jesus as king. And we will make haste to announce that kingship even to and in the presence of those who have every reason to despise or feel threatened by it. We live in a world where there are countless claimants to the throne of authority. Our work, celebrities, our comfort. But Matthew wants us to see clearly that there's only one true king. It's Jesus. Humble and lying in the manger though he may be, he is ruler of all. He is Lord at his birth. If we are to live the reality of Christmas all year long, and not just on December 25th, we will join with the wise men in announcing Jesus as king this day and every day, in our hearts and in the midst of the crowds. City Church, let's follow their lead. Stay well and do good.